Catching up with Cody Tucker, a good friend you might remember from the Lansing State Journal, who uh, had a cup of coffee, I guess you would say, in Pittsburgh. And that's where we are right now, kind of a halfway stationing point. I'm Ryan Schuling. This is the Great Lakes Divide podcast. Happy enough to be joined by my good friend Cody Tucker. And we're on our way to Maryland. Not literally yet, but a little after midnight right now on a Friday. And we'll be taking off about 7 in the morning tomorrow. But Cody, really appreciate you making this trip possible, man. Yeah, thanks for coming and joining me in my 18-month lease house that I'm stuck with here in beautiful Pittsburgh. <laughs> now, you know, we've had, uh, unfortunately for a lot of you out there, the uncensored version, the unedited version, the what's on the cutting room floor. It's gold. But, you know, for purposes that I want to make sure that we protect Cody's professional interests, uh, just summarize what happened here, Cody, why you left uh, Lansing in the first place. You left a lot of people in tears as if they were sitting next to Hondo. And, (laughs) you know, you come to Pittsburgh, seems like a great opportunity. Uh, Take us from there. Yeah, um, I loved Lansing, too. I really did. That wasn't an easy decision. A lot of tears from my wife on that decision, who was a Michigander. Um, It was the Penguins. It was Sidney Crosby. It was Evgeny Malkin. It was a chance to cover a professional beat. Um, if people even remember, I was kind of a number two in Lansing uh, behind Chris Solari, and and uh, he was the man on the beat, and he just started a couple years ago, so I really didn't see a crack to get in that position ever. So, And like I said, it, it was the Penguins. It's the NHL. There's only so many people who cover professional teams, and it was a chance to cover one of the best hockey teams in the history of the world with one of the player, best players in the history of the world. So that was an easy decision for me. Um, And then when I got here, it was the job, the players, the everybody was everything it was cracked up to be. Uh, The boss wasn't. So let's just be blunt about that. Um, I haven't been very open about it because of, like you said, professional (laughs) ventures in the uh, in the future that I'm hoping to start or hoping to land at. But uh, let's just say we didn't meet eye to eye on um, anything. at all <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I wish he was here right now to enjoy this 18 month lease with me um, mm. so I've got a few choice words for him so we'll uh We'll, we'll leave those out of this for now. But, you know, I'm, I've always been honest with readers and always mm-hmm. been honest with the audience. And I feel kind of guilty not being honest about this, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to unleash and I want to be honest and I want to tell people how I really feel. Um, I just don't want there to ever be a false narrative out there, I guess, that Cody couldn't hack it. Because that's yeah. not what this is. Um, this is messing with somebody with every ism uh, you can find in the dictionary. And uh, I guess I just wasn't a yes man. And uh, I never will be. So hmm. Sounds a lot like somebody I know. Oh, wait, me. Uh, <laughs> why do Cody and I get along so well? I think you just heard it. Uh, struggles with authority. Maybe. Okay. Uh, and that's not even the case with me. I'm struggling yeah. with... A, with somebody who's just not playing with a full deck or or maybe two decks. I'm not sure how to explain this. Yeah, um, I think two decks is a good explanation. Yeah, I mean, when you wake up and go to sleep to uh, harassing, belittling text messages every day, uh, makes life tough uh, when covering an NHL beats plenty tough on its own. You know, there's a movie called Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. And I use that phrase from time to time, and I've been through, you know, some tough times myself recently professionally, as a lot of our listeners know, but I always try to look for that silver lining, that upshot. So let's go there then, Cody. What's your takeaway from this that you can kind of file away and look back on this experience and draw from it? Well, I'm going to take the positives. Uh, You have to, right? I mean, I could sit here and dwell on all the horrible things that have happened, but... You know, and I'm not throwing a pity party for myself either. It's time to pick myself up by the bootstraps and get rolling here. Um, what I'm going to take from this is I covered a professional beat for two months, and I covered it damn good. Um, made a lot of lot of contacts. Um, I, I'm going to take a lot of positives out of this. I wrote 120 stories in two months. Um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You're a maniac. I worked hard. I worked very hard here. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave here with my head up. Um 
I'm just, I'm sad it didn't work out, but there's a reason it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And something I learned from this too, is this is the second time that I've left the news world, the traditional news world to join a non-traditional thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that with a radio host a long time ago by the name of Dino Costa. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now I'm doing that with DK Pittsburgh sports. It's kind of a renegade offshoot type of thing. And I'm really drawn to that kind of stuff because I respect what they're doing, that they're going outside the norm. But, uh, you're dealing with tough personalities and very obsessive personalities, and sometimes that doesn't mesh. It's it's different when you work in a newsroom. It's more cohesive, mm-hmm. and you're obviously not going to deal with a boss who's you know going off the rails. <laughs> in, well, mo- in most maybe. cases, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I think I'm going to stick to the traditional traditional media route. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that I learned out of this. You know, I've had a couple of tough learning lessons. Uh, one in Pittsburgh with an 18 month lease, and one in Florida with a year lease so those hurt cody tucker with us here uh cody as we sit here in pittsburgh you and i have done a a lot of reflecting i think uh, for both of us uh, in various stages of uh, sobriety and and lack thereof including last night which we'll get to in a minute but if you could share with us just what what could be next for you what is that next step how do you envision it and how do you think you'll arrive at that decision boy here i am just telling you that i'm not that i want to go back to the traditional route but i'm you know, I've got some things in, in mind of maybe being my own boss, um, which isn't always what it's cracked out to be either. Um, I, I Like my last boss, I admit that uh, there's times where I haven't been a very good boss, but I'm thinking of something more independent, uh, possibly, um, and maybe maybe back home. Uh, Wyoming's obviously a big part of my life, and, and uh, my heart's there, and it always has been. You know, I... I shared my heart, I guess, in a cheesy kind of way, wherever I stop. And, you know, I put my all into Michigan State, uh, but my heart's in Wyoming. So I think that might be the next move. But, uh, you know, I'm a married guy now. So I know. unfortunately, I don't have the final say on everything anymore. But uh, I don't know. I'll land on my feet. I, you know, I, I work hard. I do my thing. I think enough people enjoy what I do. Um, I'll, I'll find something. I'm not worried about it. And shout out to Emily because, I mean, with everything that people in our profession, Cody, go through, it takes Ugh. a very patient, understanding woman Ugh. to ride shotgun to that experience. And she's she's done yeoman's work, really. It, yeah. You know, as hard as this whole Pittsburgh thing's been on me, um, it is her behind the scenes. And a lot of you folks out there <laughs> probably don't get to see this. Um it's hard on our, our significant others. Um, you know, you and I don't have kids, um, thankfully, in moments like this. I'm stressing out enough that I have a dog. I mean, you know right. what I mean? So, you know, yeah, God bless my wife. Um, she's really put up with a lot. And I told her when we got into this, I said, you're signing a contract here that's uh, mm-hmm. it just has a lot of unknowns. It really does. And, you know, my intentions weren't to live in Pittsburgh for two months. We'll put it that way. But, you know, you have to tell your wife something and you have to figure something out. So we have bills to pay. <laughs> John Lennon had a quote that says, life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. Yeah. And so life's happening wow. for you and for me. I agree with time. John Lennon one for once. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's you, good. You're not going to call him a commie bastard or anything like that right now? Get some Nixon surveillance yeah, on right him? Now. Okay. okay. Well, uh, Cody, your time in Lansing, uh, while I enjoyed it immensely, uh, for me, selfishly, was much too short. I, I always enjoyed our conversations on my radio program. Uh, you might remember out there listening, both Graham and Cody filled in for a week while I was out in Las Vegas, making a fool of myself. <laughs> and they did the same on the radio uh, while yeah. I was away. So I appreciate them keeping with the milieu <laughs> of the show, so to speak. But Cody, when you look back at your time at the Lansing State Journal, at covering Michigan State, you had an idea coming in, but it was only an idea. And then you fleshed that out and you had an experience. What stands out to you most about that experience? Um, just, you know, like any young, you know, I'm going to call myself young, like any young reporter. Young compared to me. <laughs> like any young reporter, when you first get a job and you know you're covering Michigan State, the first thing you think of, I would think, is I get, I'm going to have to deal with Tom Izzo. Right. This guy's legit. This is a Hall of Famer that could chew a reporter up and spit him out. And has. And has. And we've seen those on ESPN plenty. <laughs> and will again. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of nerve-wracking. And then... Uh, you know, Mark Antonio kind of has that resting bitch face where he kind of, <laughs> he looks mean. He looks really mean. Very stern. He's the Don Draper of college football coaches. <laughs> yeah. That's what I call him. But he's a great guy. And to make a long story short, so I enjoyed my time immensely. I met great people. I was blessed to have some big stories on TJ Duckett and Charles Rogers and Boo Boo Thompson. And those were like the highlights. 
But really, a highlight for me happened just a month ago when I was able to call Tom Izzo and ask him to do me a favor. Um, who would ever thought that after coming in scared to death of the guy? And then now I'm asking him a favor, and he called my 83-year-old uh, grandfather, and who's been a Spartans fan since the 50s, and wished him a happy birthday and really made his life. And mm. Tom was out on the recruiting trail, and, you know, as you've seen, a couple of those guys have signed that he was out there talking to, and uh, he took the time to do that for a nobody like me. I, I mean... Those are the kind of relationships I like to think that I developed out there and obviously developed relationships in the media with you, with Graham, with Jason, Nick. Um, it, I look back with nothing but fond memories of Lansing. It was just kind of the Penguins. <laughs> you know, it was the Penguins. Can't blame I, You know, uh, it was an NHL beat. I had to. Yeah. So it's brutal. It's something I definitely now am looking back on going, yeah. Cody, you made the wrong move. Captain hindsight. <laughs> right. It's 2020. Right. We all know that. I'm right. uh, going to ask you a two-part question. Uh, the second part is going to be difficult, but you can tackle it however you want. This type of podcast I like to be freewheeling, open, honest, direct, just like uh, the old Schuling Report used to be. And say resting bitch face and like, stuff like about that. About Mark D'Antonio, which was <laughs> remarkably bold, and I'll remind him that you said that at the press conference tomorrow. <laughs> Great. Just kidding. Uh, but uh, present company excluded and uh, maybe Jason Nick since that's the TSR experience but the media member that stands out to you in Lansing during your time there <laughs> either behind the scenes or oh. while you're on the job uh, the, the first part of this is the one that uh, you had the most positive interaction experience oh with. geez positive okay um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. positive honestly Graham Couch right. he took me under his wing uh, he's a Lansing guy He nobody yeah. loves Lansing like Graham does so yeah. he he did a lot for me um by the way thanks graham for uh suggesting i take this penguins job um <laughs> don't you put that evil on graham yeah don't you do that no i love graham he's a great guy and uh just he really is a genuine guy i know he likes to ruffle your feathers out there a little bit but uh that's part of his job and oh yeah he's a great guy he's got a great heart so um that's the thing i got to see graham's heart and he is a good guy and i i consider him a friend always all right, I'm going to give you this opportunity to identify a, a media member, or that might be in quotes, that uh, perhaps things didn't go so well between the two of you. Well, it's not that I ever had any problems with anybody, uh, but you already mentioned Hondo, so let's throw him under the bus. Hondo is a special cat, man. That guy's wearing pink head to toe. Yeah. I've never seen somebody who hates breast cancer more than Hondo. Boldly. Carter. And uh, I hate it right along with him. My goodness. Um, Hondo, bless his heart. He is just... He's the kind of guy that'll get under your skin in, in not in a negative way per se, but he is the biggest Michigan State fan I know. Mm -hmm. And you can't be the biggest fan of the team you cover. It just doesn't work that way. And I like Hondo. He's harmless, harmless, harmless. And, but he he knows he's the butt of a lot of jokes. He, he has a countdown on his website right now for the next time MSU plays Michigan in football. Hmm. I mean, come on. Bold strategy, Kyle. Yeah, very. So he's a, he's a unique individual. Um, I had the fortune, I don't know if that's the right word, fortune to go to lunch with Hondo. And uh, <laughs> I've never seen somebody eat as much as him. He is just a human garbage disposal. And, uh, you know, I can see where he puts it all. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> My goodness, can that guy eat? Right. I thought he was ordering for me and him. It was just for him. Oh, two steaks, two lobster tails, two salads with a bowl of ranch just for him. Ranch? Just for him. That's the party foul right there. You know what was the worst part, though, is he told the waitress, if you want a good tip, I need real butter. Real butter. Don't bring me any no of margarine. that imitation margarine crap. No oleo. And I am beyond embarrassed, and I'm thinking... Cool, so he just ordered me a steak and lobster. I don't even eat lobster. Oh, what are you getting, Cody? <laughs> <laughs> by the time I was even halfway done with my steak, his stuff was clear. He smashed it. Out. Never seen wow. anything like it. I'm actually impressed. I am too. I am by too. By this story. Hondo is a special character, as we yeah. all know. Yeah. Um, nobody really rubbed me the wrong way, though. Mm -hmm. I, it took a while for people to warm up to me. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Uh, when the Charles Rogers story came out, I think people started taking me a little more serious. Right. Um, you know, I can't beat around the bush. That was the biggest story in my career, and uh, it did amazing things for me. I met you. I met Jason. Um 
uh, just, you know, when your phone battery is dead at nine in the morning after you take it off the charger at 830 in the morning uh, because you have so many phone calls and messages and Twitter and all that crap. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was huge. That was huge. So uh, that one meant a lot to me. And, you know, that's really the highlight of Lansing, I think. Um, but I wish, you know, we're getting off the rails here a little bit. But I wish uh, I wish Charles the best. And I hope he's doing good right now because uh, I made those relationships, too. When you're doing these stories with guys, you know, I'm not rooting against these guys. I'm yeah. I am rooting for them. And I think in our business, you know, hey, Hondo, um, it's OK to root for the kids, the players, the yeah. individuals. Yeah. Right? I hope, you know, Brian Lewerke, I know right now is kind of being overshadowed. He's getting a little bit, maybe getting Wally pipped here a little bit. Yeah. He's a great kid. He's a great guy. He'll land on his feet. He'll be a great human being the rest of his life, no matter what happens to him. So I pull for these guys. And now that I'm not covering Michigan State, I'm kind of pulling for Michigan State a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the game tomorrow. Unless they play Wyoming. Oh, yeah, then no, no chance. <laughs> Wyoming by 50. <laughs> Cody Tucker joining us. I want to follow up on, on a lot of what you just said and pull it all together. Yeah, sorry about the uh, put rant. Put a fine point. That's fine. <laughs> I think a lot of people are interested to hear this. Uh, but you have the Hondo kind of the, the fanboy, and I don't even think you would deny that yeah, yeah. Uh, version of media coverage, if you want to call it that. And then maybe you have the opposite end of that spectrum, kind of the hardline, uh, you know, old school, journalistic, no feelings approach. And the thing that I really enjoyed about your writing, Cody, and I said this to Jason when he first brought your Charles Rock Rogers article on my attention is Cody gets it. Cody hits a certain channel and it and strikes a certain tone in everybody has a story to tell. Yeah. Everybody's got a path that deserves to be told. And you found that path for Charles Rogers. You found that path for uh, various other athletes that weren't as big of a personality or presence as Charles Rogers. When you told me yesterday that a mutual acquaintance of ours, Todd Duckett, yeah. who he's been through his own journeys and travels and failings and failures that he was so emotional when you covered Charles Rogers the way that you did that when he asked what Charles Rogers how he was doing you were honest with them yeah tell us take us from there yeah um after I met Charles initially down in Fort Myers Florida um <laughs> it was a bizarre two hours um I didn't feel like I was sitting with arguably the best athlete in Michigan State history um I didn't feel like I was sitting with a number two overall pick in an NFL draft. It was really sad uh, because he'd kind of led TJ or Todd Duckett to believe that uh, he was doing better and he, he kind of had his life together and he didn't, um, as you most of you saw. Um, I went back to the hotel because, you know, now I can let the cat out of the bag. I'm sure I probably already have. Uh, TJ hooked me up with that story. He hooked me up with Charles, which obviously was his former teammate at MSU. Um, I called him immediately when I got to my hotel room and just said, hey, you know, um, he said, how's Charles doing? Is he is he as good as he says he's doing? And I said, man, I got really, really bad news. And uh, TJ broke down and, and, and cried on the phone for a good three, four minutes mm. without saying a word, just just sniffling, crying. Uh, that hurt his heart yeah. so much to hear that his friend was not doing well because TJ's, you know, not to that degree, but TJ's been there. Yeah. Um, it's tough for these guys. You know, when the crowd stops cheering, uh, that's something we'll never know about, but, uh, it's tough. It's tough. And you know, most people like, I don't feel bad for guys that made millions of dollars and lived a dream, but you know, let's be real. Their dream, you know, our dream was their reality. And, when the crowd stops and when the autographs stop and it's it's got to be tough and when you and i let's say are, are facing retirement i mean we're <laughs> of an age now i mean exactly we laugh yeah, yeah. we're not going to collect on that 60 65 70 no. i mean you, you and i might be working into our 70s or 80s yeah but then you i've talked to todd duckett about this you know a football player if you're lucky retires at the age of 40 yeah. many at the age of 35 Very some lucky. even before that yeah so you got a whole chapter of your life left to figure out and determine what am i going to do and that's where todd was at a crossroads yeah and in charles unfortunately for him faced that even sooner yeah than todd tj duckett did and i get it you know like the, the, the whole thing that motivated you that defined you that you're known for your entire life up until that point is over yeah and what do you do from there? What a realization. I, I bet you go through the same thing I do, Ryan, when I'm watching TV and I hear a football player and they're like, I believe Kyle Williams for the Buffalo Bills. They're like, he's the longest tenured Bill and he's a veteran and he's 34. Yeah. 
I'm 35, <laughs> and I'm just I'm blown away by that. Mm-hmm. But you know, some of these kids too. I mean, we could talk about this all night. But some of these kids come from disadvantaged backgrounds. TJ didn't. Charles did. Um, Charles didn't. They don't. You know, they don't teach a lot about managing your money in college. And because right. we talked about it earlier about <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. You know, we're here in Pittsburgh, and he's the most hated guy in town right now. To me, yeah, I get it. I'm kind of mad at him, too, even though I don't have a dog in the fight, because I could live off $14 million easily <laughs> for the rest of my life. You could make it sing. Oh, forever. Yeah. That's generational money in my world. Right. So, yeah. You know, and these hardworking blue-collar people around here don't want to hear no. about a guy who doesn't want to play for $14 million a year, guaranteed. So, yeah, it's, you know, some guys manage their money better than others. Uh, I find myself, like that ESPN broke or whatever, the 30 for 30, it's mind-boggling. You guys had, like Charles Rogers, for instance, had like a $14.2 million signing bonus. He doesn't have a pot to piss in right now. No, How the hell do you do that? Hangers on. You got people that are your fake friends. Yeah. And they're around when times are good. But when times hit rock bottom for Charles, everybody disappears. And I don't know. You were obviously more in the scene being a Michigan guy. I, from Wyoming, saw Charles get drafted by the Lions and went, wow, what a cool story. Saginaw to East Lansing to Detroit. Unbelievable story. Plus, with Joey Harrington, they're going to turn the Lions around. Mm -hmm. What a great story. That was the worst thing that could have ever happened to this kid. The worst. He already was playing with a, you know, he had uh, his own problems already, but just magnified, (laughs) magnified tenfold. And it it kills me. Charles in front of me pounded the table with tears rolling out of his eyes that he's done so much for people. And now where the hell is everybody? Yeah. They're gone. Not one guy left. So that was the worst thing that could ever happen to him. And I want to follow up on that. Cody Tucker, our guest here on the Great Lakes Divide podcast, as we're getting ready for Michigan State's trip to Maryland, and there's a whole bag of issues there we'll touch on in just a moment. But I want to go back to the spectrum I talked about, Cody, where you have you know fanboy media on one side, hardcore traditional journalism on the other, and then somewhere in the middle there's that storytelling aspect. There's a, the personal touch that you were so effective at communicating. And when you go into the weeds, you, you don't know what you're walking into and you see Charles Rogers in this raw state in this uh, very you know bare bones environment yes yes (laughs) him being gaunt you know people around him that are nefarious characters and when you have that I I don't know any other way maybe this is me being kind of right-brained you know dreamer in the sky type thing uh, sunshine rainbows and unicorns but I don't know how any journalist could get into it that far, the way that you did, have those types of conversations and not become somewhat personally or emotionally involved. How do you handle that? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I, 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 Blake Ezor is a perfect example. I spent a week with him in Las Vegas and uh, I came out of that a huge Blake Ezor fan. Mm-hmm. The guy's got multiple issues still to this day. You do feel for these guys because I, okay, so I got a lot of crap when I came to Pittsburgh because this guy's never covered the NHL before. What the hell kind of hire was this? These stories are about people. People. That's it. These people happen to play hockey. Mm-hmm. Charles Rogers is so far removed from football, and so is Blake Ezor, and so is Boo Boo Thompson. They're, they have real-world you-and-me problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and beyond. Way beyond, mm-hmm. thank God. But... Here I am griping about this house I'm stuck in and this predicament I'm stuck in. <laughs> That's small potatoes, yeah. man. I mean, these guys have been through the ringer. So, it, it, like I said, it's about people. It's about caring about your subject, uh, which, like, Hondo cares about these guys. Yes. But he's excited they're coming to Michigan State. He's excited they're playing at Michigan State. I didn't have a dog in that fight. Um, I want to know the human aspect of things. Um Boo Boo Thompson can't read or write. He went to Michigan State for three years. He's a convicted murderer. He's bipolar. He's schizophrenic. He missed two games, and you'll remember those two games. They lost to Drew Brees' Purdue Boilermakers, and they lost to Ron Dane's Wisconsin Badgers. I can't remember the year, but when they won the Citrus Bowl. Mm -hmm. Boo Boo Thompson wasn't on the field because they couldn't get him out of his dorm room. Because he was crying in the dark in his dorm room. That's what I care about. Like... It's just, it's people, and it's there. We're people. Like you said, everybody yeah. has a story. 
uh, these are great stories, and, and they need to be told. And Cody is one of those that I think needs to tell them because he does so in such a unique manner. His style of writing has always stuck out to me, and I... You know, I, I don't just throw around compliments like that. And I think Cody's aware of that, and you know, he, wherever he ends up, it's going to be a real treat to follow that uh, wherever that journey may lead him. And I know that he'll be a success wherever that is. But let's focus for a moment, Cody, on the task at hand: getting to Maryland. Uh, we got about a little over halfway there here in Pittsburgh. Perfect kind of stopping point. Yeah. Uh, last night, just to paint a picture, if you weren't following along on Twitter, <laughs> we end up at a place called the White Hawk. The White Hawk Club or members only club. members only club bikers welcome White Hawk. Take a look at that title for a moment. Cody Tucker taking me. I go. What are you doing to me here, man? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't I know what hard. to expect. <laughs> so we walk in and uh, I don't know. I wasn't quite like the, the the jukebox record player comes screeching to a hall, but it almost felt like that, right? <laughs> a little bit. I never felt unsafe, but I'm the of white course guy. you did. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whitest of the white, right? Yeah, right. Okay, I got you. But you know, we had we met the, a nice guy who had, I didn't even know this until Cody told me a little a few minutes ago that the guy running the bar owning it came outside kind of pointed to where a couple other bars might be now we're late at night we've you know we put in a, a good drive it was kind of late at night that we made our way here and then it's supposed to be like a ten dollar a year membership like a nominal fee or whatever but he says you know what come on in you're my you're my guest i'm like that was pretty cool yeah so we get in there and there's karaoke running and they're like well you guys got to sing and i'm thinking <laughs> are they gonna murder us if we don't sing and cody's not budging i'm like go do go do friends in low places garth brooks you know that like, no i'm not doing it so he's loaded up on coors light i'm like yeah i'll do it and i sing neil diamond's america and a few other tunes to bite the bullet fall on that grenade raining moon no didn't sing that one that is fake news but you're welcome cody tucker because i think that kind of that eased the water so to speaking like i told him before it was like when Wee herman did the dance to tequila and Wee's big adventure and the bikers then they liked him after that so i think that was the ice i break. could have done the dance but i yeah. wasn't singing right um any song that i did that was the least bad uh no you actually sounded kind of like neil diamond all right i was impressed. i'll take it i'll take I was it impre- i think everybody was impressed well you know we had we had fun in i mean we were the new guys we weren't yeah. members no, no, we weren't. <laughs> I, I was in about knee deep in the Yingling, I believe, and uh, Cody had to settle for the Coors Light because the banquet beer wasn't flowing. Not there yeah. anyway. Well, but the guys, went in Rome. Yeah, yeah. And the guys liked us so much, they started buying us shots. Which you didn't like too much. No, no. But Not I, your thing. No, but uh, we, we, we fixed that by drinking uh, Yellow Bellies when we got back to my place till 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, good. I think we woke up at like 2. <laughs> yeah, it was... PM, by the way. <laughs> yeah, plenty of recouping uh, time today. Yeah. But you know what? You only live once in the confluence of these factors coming in. I mean, Cody uh, reaches out to me earlier in the week about the website and the changes that we have right now and, and where he's going and what his plans were. And then I think it was your idea. Like, well, dude, if we get credential, let's go to Maryland. Let's cover the game. You know, I can drive. I've got to get stuff in Pittsburgh anyway. I can help you with that. I mean, it, I love it when a plan comes together like Hannibal from the A-Team. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, and everybody's so busy these days. You know, I... Yeah. I Half the time, I don't even ask people anymore because yeah. I know I don't want to hear the excuses. <laughs> so I'm like, let's go. Well, you know what they say about excuses? Everybody has one, and it's like something else. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. We'll Some people have more than one. Uh, oh, really? Well, the excuses. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, hey, now. I don't want to meet those people yeah. either direction. Actually, <laughs> yeah. now that you describe that, but uh, uh, Cody, at least from afar, I mean, I know you've been uh, this guy. Let me just tell this part of it too. So he gets the, the job on the beat covering the Penguins, and what does he? do he goes back on file on demand watches every one of 82 pittsburgh penguins games to get up to speed and i want to have you share with our audience the the first question you asked goaltender was it was matt murray matt right murray, yeah tell us that yeah so those 82 games i don't even want to count the hours i'm not a mathematician but i'll never get those hours back and that breaks my heart um <laughs> But, you know, I hope that shows you guys how hard, that, <laughs> how right. much I put into this right. stuff. Right. But, um, yeah, so after watching all those games and taking copious amounts of notes, I realized that Matt Murray gave up a ton of goals on his glove hand side. And then I used some nifty calculator tricks and found out that, like, roughly 82% of the goals against were glove hand side. Mm. So the first time I met him, he sat there and I just kind of said, hey, I watched every goal you gave up last year, and 82% of them went glove side, uh, high in glove side. 
uh, what did you do this offseason to rectify that? <laughs> he was not thrilled, to say the least. And he's like, wow, I'm not getting any softballs. I mean, this is the first day of training camp, mm-hmm. his first media availability. So mm-hmm. he was pretty upset with that one. I got a couple dirty looks, and uh, the, the other media members kind of went, oh, my God, this guy's coming in guns blazing. <laughs> and I didn't mean to be coming in guns blazing. I kind of thought this would be a normal question for a guy who makes $7 million a year. Right. Uh, but it turned out that he gained some respect for me. And uh, the one thing I'm really proud of is... Is when I when I uh, well let's just say it when I got fired mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. <laughs> that day when the news came out um, Twitter kind of blew up with my competitors here mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. from the papers and the Athletic and the one thing that I that really made me proud was all of them said Cody's a great guy a great writer and asked that wasn't afraid to ask the tough questions uh, I was really. Because when you're coming into a big beat, that's the thing that readers expect you to do, mm-hmm. I think. I think they do anyway. I, and I, I, I know people appreciated me asking Matt Murray that. And I wasn't trying to embarrass him or anything, but it was kind of a cool moment. He ended up respecting me a lot for it. And we kind of had a nice little relationship going there. So, you know, you're spending 82 games with these guys, not to mention the off days with these guys when they're practicing up in Cranberry. So, you know, you can't really hate somebody, but you shouldn't hate anybody anyway because it's a long grind. So, yeah. Uh, well, one other question about that, Cody, and this triangle that I like to kind of paint out and, and very few people in, in our field, whether it's radio, television, print, online, blog, whatever, can manage and balance and massage all three. And that is the respect of your colleagues, yep. the respect or feedback positive and otherwise from the audience, the people that read your work or oh. listen to your work, watch it. Yep. And then the respect of the subjects that you cover, meaning the team, the coaches, the players. And as you might imagine, if you go too far in any one of those three directions, you can lose the other two. Oh, yeah. How do you strike that balance? Holy cow, it's tough. Yeah. It really is tough. Um, the one that I wouldn't worry about as much is the the media members, your fellow media members. Obviously, you're not going to hammer on them or be a jerk, but you don't need to be best friends either. Um, <laughs> but if they respect you, uh, that's great. Like I said, it took me a long time to gain any respect in, in Lansing. Aside from Graham and Chris Solari and, and Hondo, uh, nobody really talked to me for the first months I was there. It was kind of like, am I like a leper? This is weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know. I don't know. Uh, what, I think the most important one, obviously, is the readers. Um, you know, they're they're your lifeblood, and it's never been lost on me that some. You know, when I see a number pop up or ten thousand people read this article today, ten thousand people took time out of their day to read the story I wrote. And yet there are so many, you know them, Cody, writers that have complete contempt for their audience. Oh, it's unbelievable. Including my former boss here. I've never seen anybody treat readers so terribly. And they keep coming back for more. (laughs) I I love my readers. I'm not just saying that to kiss ass. It's not like that. They literally took time out of their day to read my story. Whether they liked it or not, they read it. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. That's what you get into this for. It's like the first time your story comes out in a newspaper when you're in college and you're like, that's my name. I wrote that. Oh, my God. How embarrassing. Like, people are going to rip me apart. You're putting yourself out there. That's right. It's brutal. But it's also very important to have that relationship with, like, Tom Izzo, for instance. Something he told me at the end when he called to congratulate me on getting this job, which I told you last night. When you see Tom Izzo's name pop up on your caller ID, it still takes you aback even after covering him for two years. My reaction when that happens has been very rare is, what did I do? What's wrong? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what what's going on here? And but, I and I kind of that that went through my mind, yeah. but I'm thinking, man, I haven't written anything on basketball in a minute, like or nothing bad. Right, I, I don't think. Right. But he called to say congratulations and thank you for being so fair to me. That's the best thing a coach or a player could ever say to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being fair. But fair, the, the three parts of the mantra that I always try to stick to, and they're my own. Yeah, to be fair, to be honest, yeah. to be accurate. And I feel if you're those three things, yeah. everything else falls into place. And take it or leave it. You might get some angry pushback from somebody like Matt Larson, but he's got a job to do. Yeah, we yeah. understand that. Yep. Sometimes those are not those are conflicting agendas. Yep. But that the, the word too kind of has a negative connotation agenda. So I guess focusing on that final part of it, you're not worried about your colleagues. You you love and you thrive on the readers. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I feel the same way. Yeah. But the subjects, you know, how how you can be fair journalistically, and that might be tough, yeah. and that might get dirty a little bit, 
and yet maintain some professional decorum. Sure. It, well, and the, there's a big difference between what you do and what I do, too. I, I, I'm not a column writer. Mm -hmm. Anything you see from me, there's none of my opinion. Right. None. Like, zip. Graham Couch gets the millions of Twitter followers and gets hammered all the time because he puts himself, really puts himself out there. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. I don't. I don't drop opinions. When I do those stories where uh, Matt Larson at MSU would get upset with me is... Did you really have to go spend three days in a insane asylum with a former killer because he played at Michigan State? Well, Matt, yeah, I did. Like, did you really have to go find Charles Rogers working in a chop shop in the middle of nowhere? Y yeah, I did. That's my job, and that's something that the readers, obviously, by reading the numbers of how many people read those stories, the readers want to know. And I've told people this from day one. And I get crap from my own media members for this. And I don't care. I'm a fan. First and foremost, I'm a fan. And I am. And for whatever reason, media members are terrified to admit that they're a fan of any team. I'm a Wyoming Cowboys fan. Period. I'm a Phillies fan. Period. You know, I'm not, I'm not making any excuses. And I'm not, I'm a fan. I'm with the readers. I think I know what they want to read because I'd love to read a story about a former Wyoming Cowboy that's on bad times or good times or whatever. The universities just don't, they don't like that. They don't like warts. <laughs> and we, like you said, we can't blame them. But what did I do that was wrong? What was wrong in my story? Were you fair? Yeah. Were you honest? Yeah. Were you accurate? Exactly. And if you can answer that yes to all three of those, then you just don't like what I did and we agree to disagree. There you go. And you walk away from it. And I, yeah. I want to follow up on a point there. You know, I am, you know, died in the wool lifetime. My dad is a Michigan State grad, born and raised in Lansing. It's part of my life. It's part of my family. It's part of my history. I yeah. went there for a year, ended up graduating from CMU. I'm a, I'm a Michigan State fan. Now, that being said, I don't think there's any problem admitting, acknowledging that without going too far down a track of, you know, it doesn't mean I'm afraid to be critical. And at times I've been criticized for being yep. too critical, right. but I look at it as it's almost like family. And in some ways you're going to hold your own family members to a higher standard yep. than if they weren't like, I want to be proud of Michigan state. I want things to be done the right way at Michigan state through the Nasser debacle that happened there. Or anything else that were to come up, and, and people say this all the time, Cody, and, and we're going to get a little adrift here, but I don't care because I want to make this this point, and that is a team I root for is going to mean more to me if I know they're doing it the right way, yep. and maybe they don't win at all. And any, Let's be fair, Wyoming doesn't win at all a lot of things, but if you're confident in your athletic program doing things the right way that you can be proud of that, the, the wins will come and they have for D'Antonio and they have for Izzo and it's gone across the board at Michigan State. But would I make the deal with the devil like a John Calipari and be like, oh, win at all costs. I don't care about integrity. Yeah. No, yeah. that is that is a bridge I will not cross. That's a bridge too far. I would cross that bridge. I'm all about paying players to come to Wyoming. <laughs> Steroids, whatever you got to do. Oh, my God. Okay. No, no. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, I just want to win, damn it. Yeah, just win. right. No, I, I'm with you. It's it's okay to be a fan, but are you doing keg stands when Michigan State beats Michigan? No. Are you putting out memes about anti-Michigan stuff? On no, Michigan I don't, week? no, I don't get into that. I mean, that's where, you yeah. know, I hate to keep saying Hondo, but, yeah. you know. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, give me a break. I get you. I mean, the, and the thing that makes me the most mad, and I'm not bashing on Hondo for this. He is what he is. He's made a successful thing out of it. Whatever. Good for him. Congratulate. He's a nice guy. But... He is so into this team and so into this the rivalries, and mm -hmm. it's obnoxious. And what really makes me mad is when fans read him, they're like, yeah, Hondo, right on, Hondo. They enable and encourage him. Because he's saying what you want to what you want to hear. What did he say the one time during the media scrum? Like, now that we're done with this TMZ bullshit to Tom and, Mizzo, yeah, right. the fans were like, oh, yeah, Hondo, yes, yes. Giving them red meat, yeah, in other words. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, guys, stop. <laughs> I get it, because if it was my team going through that, maybe I would... But stop. Stop it. That That's not how this works. It's frustrating because, I mean, we're not going to, you know, follow the Pied Piper there, you and me, and, and no. go down that primrose path no. where he leads us. But then if you don't, now the fans are, oh, Hondo, stick up for Michigan State. Right. And, oh, Cody and Ryan, they won't. Or Chris Solari's a hater. I see that oh, all the time. Oh, he gets so much crap. <laughs> and it's it's unbelievable, though. It's unfair. Yeah. 
And he's a Michigan State grad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, he's reporting the news. Sometimes the news sucks. Yeah. You ever turn on the TV? The news sucks. Well, that's the thing. It's like, do you want to be told what you want to hear? Yeah. Or do you want to be told what you need to hear? And maybe Michigan State fans want to hear what Hondo has to say. Because it's never going to be negative. Well, I hope I hope they're a little bit smarter than that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, let, let's focus on Maryland. And, and this part of it, before we get into the Maryland stuff. So, uh, James Franklin brought this up. And I thought it was an interesting point. That if you're going to ask him about Trace McSorley's knee injury, he's not going to answer. Yeah. And you only get a limited amount of time to pepper him with questions. So why would you waste your time on something like that where he might give you something else? And, and to a large degree, Cody, I agree with him because when Mark D'Antonio came out a little over a week ago and said, look, I'm done with the Harbaugh thing. He didn't mention him by name, but I made my statement. We're moving on. I'm going to put my trust in God. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to take care of my team. I'm going to focus on Purdue. Any other questions about what happened? I'll end the press conference. I'll walk off. So at that point, you have a choice as a reporter. Am I going to be the dick who's going to stand up and go, yeah, so about Harbaugh yeah. and get cut off? No. But what I see, and I've told you this, like there's a zigzag. So all these zigs with the Harbaugh stuff, the drama. But then there's a zag over here that D'Antonio might not otherwise talk about. And that's working in the injury. Boom. That's where I jumped in. Yeah. And ask the question because he wanted to talk about anything but Harbaugh. So you go in that direction. So I just I wonder, like in a press conference setting, Cody, and it all changes with the subject, how you approach that and getting the quotes that you want and need. Well, first of all, with James uh, with James Franklin, it takes two seconds to just say no, uh, you know, no comment. Right. And as a reporter, you kind of have to, that's your job to, readers want to know. It's the question that needs to be asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fans want to know, is our star quarterback okay? And you're an idiot if you don't ask the right. question. Right, right. So that was him being him. I mean, that's him. Yeah, okay. I get it on both sides, but yeah. whatever. Um, you have a great point. That was a great move to, obviously, if you say Harbaugh's name, he's walking off. Period. But that does, that's a great point. It opens up the chance to be like, okay, he's not going to talk about that, but now I'll ask the question that's second hardest. Mm -hmm. and, exactly. And he'll probably be happy to talk about there it. There you go. So that's a great move. But I wanted to ask you a question oh boy. about this same thing. Okay. Earlier this year, a player, I, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, um, a player for Oklahoma State was, was left the team. Mm -hmm. And the, the Matt Larson of o Oklahoma State came out and told the media corps, Guys, don't ask one question about this kid, not a word, not a thing about him, or Coach Gundy is not only going to not come out today, he's going to ban you. Revoke your credential. Your credentials access. are toast. Wow. What do you do? What are you willing to trade or sell for access? Also, if you're the guy who goes, I'm going to ask, you're screwing over all your colleagues. Colleagues. <laughs> it's it's bad. It's like the kid who acts up in class and the whole class get, gets punished. Yeah. So what do you do? What did they? So what happened was the the O'Cauley or whatever their student newspaper is at Oklahoma State, they put out a an editorial saying, "Hey, this is what happened. We as a team decided not to ask the question because that would have screwed up access for the Oklahoman and all the radio stations and all the TV stations, and we would have been banned." But what's the tipping point? How much power does a university athletic department get exactly in providing access, denying access? You know, I guess it's it's exclusivity that's granted by them. They don't have to let us cover them. I think that's a loss for them and in, in more than it's a gain. Yeah. But I guess that's their call to make. Right. Yeah. But th they got a lot of flack. They said they you should have asked. You should have well, asked. No, the media got a lot of flack? Yes. Oklahoma State should get a lot of flack. Well, you that, start laying down and throwing the gauntlet on stuff but, like that. Well, what would have happened, and that's what the, these fans were getting at, you should have asked because then they're going to say they're revoking you guys. Force their hand. And then it's going to be a, it's gonna be a big, then, then big deal. Oh, of course. It'll it boomerang will. hard. Yeah. And Maybe it, even lose a job out of it. But I think that what it comes down to is you, as a media member, you pick your battles. Yes. yes. And, you know, th there are bigger fish to fry. Am I going to lose access over this kid? And it doesn't matter that much. Right. So I guess it's that question you have to ask because it's the news of the day. And, and there you go. You got a job to it's do. It's Trace McSorley's knee. It's the news of yes. the day. Yes. And going into Maryland, I mean, I can only imagine we're going to be on the Michigan State side of this, but the chaos. Let's touch on this for a moment. Yeah. DJ Durkin originally reinstated by a, a blind, deaf, and dumb 
Board of Regents at Maryland. Where so do you much find so. those? Where, what? Where do you find idiot school boards? Oh, I, <laughs> hey, good point. I don't want to mention any other schools, but the initials are Michigan State, Penn State. Say it right out in the open. I can say that with full. Uh, let, let's just put it this way: There's one board member right now that I have full confidence in at MSU, and thank God for Brian Masalam. Yeah. There's an election coming Tuesday. Everybody, get out and vote. <laughs> any one of those four candidates are great. I'll say it right now: the two Republicans, the two Democrats. I interviewed them all. I wish all four of them could join the board and we'd sweep out Ferguson and Perlis as does well. It, why does it matter what your political leanings are if you're going to be on the board? Well, you know, it, it doesn't. It shouldn't. And in this case, it's irrelevant because yeah. I think it's it's a, it's a right or wrong at this point. I wouldn't even share what I vote if yeah. I'm running for board. Right. Why would you? Your party. I mean, your party. Your party. You just, yeah. Why would you even share I that? I agree. I think it should be independent because, I mean, we're, we're seeing dopes literally on both sides of the aisle. Exactly. With regard to Michigan State. But nothing, I don't think, even with the Nasser debacle and the money involved, approaches what we just saw from Maryland in that an entire board forced the president's hand, Wallace Lowe, to reinstate DJ Durkin. Apparently, and I don't, I don't, I haven't seen this, correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't consult the board with any of the players, many of whom wanted Durkin gone. Now there's division dissension within the team. There's fights within the team. And didn't a kicker get two punters? <laughs> two punters. Jeez. Michigan State knows about having problems with punters, but that's injuries. Yeah. These are fights Jeez. for Maryland's punter. I mean, it's sheer chaos over there for poor Matt Canada. And I just wonder what Maryland team are we going to see on Saturday? Um, there. How can they show up ready to play? I mean, really, this isn't even one of those deals where it's like, let's just go on the field and put that distraction behind us. Right. It's the distractions. Brutal. I mean, Michigan State's distractions were, those were ones where you could avoid them and get out on the field and avoid them. This is, your punters are getting beat up? It's yeah. cultural. It's the whole oh. thing. They're going to be a door, not only are they already a doormat, they're going to be a doormat forever. I mean, this is brutal. And you can even get back into the question, why the hell are they in the Big Ten in the first place? I know that's going down a whole another rabbit hole. Uh, Rutgers yeah, or is Rutgers. even less yeah, worthy. Yes. So just brutal. Yeah. They're not going to show up. There's no chance. So. No chance. Hmm, interesting. I don't think. What do you think? Uh, I, I could go one of two ways, but with everything we're hearing coming out, yeah. I have a hard time believing this is going to be a galvanizing event in the history of Maryland football. And yeah. They're all going to come together, like you said, and just put it all out of their mind. I mean, no. this rocked their world for a whole week. These players... They suffered a loss of a teammate, a death, Jordan McNair. Right. And the reaction response to that was as if it didn't happen. Jordan McNair's dad said he felt like he got uh, spit in his face with this decision by the board. Now, credit goes to President Wallace Lowe, who didn't mention DJ Durkin's name in the press conference where he was reinstated, who disagreed with the board and ended up defying the board and removing Durkin from the team. So kudos to him, hat tip to him. But what a what a bizarre scene Cody and I be coming upon. Imagine if you played for the Terps right now. What you, You're you busting your ass all day in class, yeah. and it's cold out, and then you get to go out and practice. You bring in your... Hard hat and lunch pail to practice if you're at Maryland this week. You're probably staring around going, we are going to get killed. Where am I transferring next? I, be, I bet there will be a lot of attrition yeah. for Maryland this offseason, yeah. but there's a game to be played. A noon start, uh, ESPN 2, I believe, for the coverage. And just well, a final point here, Cody. I know you haven't been following closely because you've been uh, immersed in <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins coverage for, for a while there. Not anyway. anymore. I know. I'm ready. But... Uh, Brian Lewerke, you mentioned you like him. You got yeah. to know him a little bit covering him. Rocky Lombardi with a strong arm comes in. Very good performance against Purdue. Still a question, I think, going in. Who's going to play? In my opinion, based on my conversations and sourcing, it will be Lombardi. And they, they are afforded an opportunity, I think, a luxury here to go, you know what? We're going to be okay with Rocky. We don't need to rush Brian back. But yeah. just your thoughts on the quarterback situation, the Michigan State offense, where this team stands right now. How about this luxury? What a time to get this running game going. Yeah. What a better time than right now yeah. to run through Maryland. Hmm. I've seen, I've, I've watched enough Michigan State football this year to know L.J. Scott is bringing nothing to the table. It's bad. Mm -hmm. It's really bad. The offensive line has been poor all year, but he's got to break some tackles. It's, it's brutal. I don't think it really matters this week who's a quarterback. I mean... Let Lombardi play. Let the kid play. Let him get gain more confidence. If 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 Lewerke's the guy, he'll be back when he's ready. And why put him out there this week? Yeah, I mean, why? There's no reason to put him out there this week. But 
this offense has just been, you know, I've seen your comments still, folks. Uh, I, I understand you don't like the offensive coordinator very much. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Dave Warner? Who, who but, said that? But what a stagnant offense that was reignited last week against Purdue. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it was kind of fun to watch. Not yeah, the boring yeah. three yards in a cloud of dust crap, yeah, which. How much of that is Rocky Lombardi? Yeah, he sparked them. They sure mm-hmm. were chanting their, his name in the locker room afterwards. Playing his song in the loudspeakers. Yeah, Being yeah. from Rocky, yeah. yeah. And he gets, I love that he gets the personal foul penalty in the end zone, too. I love Whatever. it. Yeah. I love it. So dumb. It was horrible. But uh, good for him. Yeah. He's a fun, excitable kid. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy it. And tomorrow, um, Mark D'Antonio should be forced to live in Maryland if they don't win this game. Oh, wow. So, give me a prediction. Uh, Michigan State, 100. Uh, Maryland, <laughs> negative 4. <laughs> Should so, be a bloodbath. So I guess uh, Cody's taking Michigan State to cover the line. <laughs> yeah. And what I, is the line? Do we I, know? It was two and a half last what? time I checked. I know. Give me a point. I'm two uh, and a half. It was one and a half when I got I it. I can score two and a half points against Maryland. You I, just I'm, might. I'm you're going to be it. there. Yeah, I am. Sign him up. <laughs> Cody Tucker, great catching up with you, man. Too. And Thanks looking for forward to it. Uh, wishing ourselves safe travels to Maryland as we go to cover the game. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks, my man. <laughs> I am wishing some safe travels yes. tomorrow. Well, you for should. us. Good. And all you Michigan State fans that are going to yeah. show up in droves to, there we go. to Mighty Maryland. And if they want to follow you on Twitter, send you a message. What's the handle? Uh, I just changed it. I know. <laughs> Cody Tucker underscore W-Y-O. Oh. Yeah. Fancy that. That's, that's, to Wyoming. that's short for Wyoming. It's a shocker. I Wyoming's playing the Spartans tomorrow, too. The uh, Mighty San Jose State Spartans. Oh, and interesting. If Wyoming twist. doesn't win 100 to negative 15, I'm going to be fuming pissed. <laughs> These are some so. really wild, wacky <laughs> score predictions. <laughs> Cody Tucker, of course, formerly Lansing State Journal, off to other things. Now we'll keep you posted on his uh, travels as we become aware of them. I'm Ryan Schuling again. Great Lakes Divide podcast brought to you by Federal Williams. Find out more. Our good friend Mike Williams online. Real estate needs buying or selling might hook uh, Cody Tucker up with him as a matter of fact online F-E-D-E-R-A-U federalwilliams.com sending you out to the sounds of the record lounge we'll be there in Maryland covering the game for you we'll have reaction on the other side enjoy the game everybody